Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. This week's episode came by request from one of our members, actually one of our Self Healer Circle members, through a comment on Instagram. So every now and then we recirculate a post on the cocoon stage of healing. And this member asked if we could do an episode expanding on this, which we thought was perfectly aligned um, and really divinely timed as we all consistently go in and out of this metamorphosis, if you will, um, or shapes shifting and cocoon phase. I think a really great place for us then to start is to talk a bit about what we mean when we say this cocoon phase. And I think probably a lot of you listening, when we hear cocoon, we think of butterfly. And of course, the cocoon phase is what happens before we emerge as this new being. And in our healing journey, it's very much the same. For a lot of us, it's the period of time. And to speak to your point, Jenna, for some of us, it might be days, weeks, we might revisit it, but it's the period of time where we're turning inward. And for some of us, that means taking distance from our relationships, taking essentially space to begin to explore us, our wants, our needs, our thoughts, our feelings, our life in a new way. So those of you who are thinking of an actual cocoon is a really great way to think about it because again, it's that process of going inward to then at some point down the line, reemerge as a new, different, change, transformed being in some way. I personally really love the cocoon stage. I definitely feel in so many ways I'm in that right now, which to me really just feels like an immersion of this safe, sacred space where my main focus and priority is an intentional connection to me and to exploring deeper layers of me. So while you can think of a cocoon that then, you know, emerges a butterfly, well, what is a cocoon? It's this, you know, tightly wrapped, really safe space. And for anyone else who loves being in like forts or tents or these cozy little nooks, um, I'm a big fan of that. It actually, I can feel it in my nervous system and in my physical body when I am in a soft, cozy space with soft blankets or that sort of environment. And the cocoon stage for me is very much like that. It's a kind of a safe, sacred bubble, though, while it has that focus on connection with self and that coziness with myself, it also comes with an isolation and or a discomfort as you really begin to focus on you. And if you're doing this, focusing on you newly in a cocoon stage, then you are likely also witnessing your thoughts. You're beginning to observe yourself, to become a self-witness. And as you see all of those thoughts passing by in your mind, as you start to recognize all of these long-held patterns or habits or beliefs that you have, whether you intentionally created them or not, when you start to really wake up to the reality of who you are and your surroundings and your past, it can start to be almost disconnecting because you start to feel a bit different from the actual existence that you are. You start to tune into your authentic and true nature internally and realize that there may very well be some misalignment with who you're discovering your authentic self is. And then the actual external presentation and expression of yourself outward in your external world, whether that means in your career, in your job, in your relationships, just the outward essence of who you are. I think pretty 
true to form. And for those of you who have been tuning into our podcast episodes here week after week, um, I'm going to offer a quite different perspective or lived experience, I should say, than Jenna. So hearing her even lead into this saying, I love this phase, (laughs) I will say I don't (laughs) love this phase um, for many different reasons, of course, which I will describe some of which here. And before we get to your very wise point of, you know, having these points of reflection, really seeing our thoughts, our feelings, experiencing them in a much more conscious way, and then having the opportunity to determine how aligned or not aligned they are for the life that, you know, we've participated in and we've created for ourselves, which can be very uncomfortable. Stepping back a, a moment, the process of separating from other people, from our environments, from our day-to-day doings, as you hear me talk a lot about, because that for me is my familiar comfort zone, was incredibly uncomfortable to begin with. And I was actually talking uh, to a friend the other day, and I was talking about, I remember the first time where I took myself out for a day by myself. Um, And again, for those of you who have heard my story, Um, I come from a codependent family, which simply means there was little boundaries, little separation between me and my family members. There was always a human, a caregiver around me Um, in my day to day. We did things. We operated as a unit. We ate at the same time and we did a lot of things in this surface level of togetherness. And I saw that reflected then in all of my relationships as you know, I entered romantic partnerships and I had friendships and I lived in New York City and I had a I had a lot of people around me. I had access to always keeping myself busy in addition, of course, to everything that I was doing professionally in school and, you know, all of that achievement. So I remember the time where, to put it simply, where I was getting to with all of that is I spent very little time alone. I always had plans. And if I didn't have plans, I would feel anxious about how I would spend my time. Really simply, I didn't know how to spend my time on my own. And I remember this very pivotal moment. I was actually away in Key West with a past partner who we were there for a wedding and she was a part of the wedding party. So there were several days leading up to the wedding that she had commitments with the other party members and I was left to fend for myself. And I remember that one moment of having a whole day where she had plans and I had a whole then day of hours where I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck am I going to do with my day? And not wanting to just, of course, sit in my room. I wanted to explore Key West. For those of you who visit it, it's very beautiful. So I thought, you know, Nicole, you should go see some things. And I did just that. I actually rented a little moped. I can remember it very kind of acutely in this moment because it was so different for me. So I rented a little moped. I took myself around. And as part of my day, I actually ate a meal for the first time on my own, meaning I sat down. I said party of one. I didn't just (laughs) scurry away with my meal to hide in a corner and not let anyone see I was eating alone. And for me, again, that was all new. Um, And I'm thinking about that because I actually saw a friend then recently post on Instagram um, who's on or around my age now. And this was in my early 20s, this first moment of time where I got to plan my day and have my first meal alone. And I saw a a friend of mine post in her story that she had arrived at a restaurant and was waiting for a friend or thought she was meeting a friend, turned out to have the wrong day. And she was then gifted with the opportunity to have her first meal alone out at a restaurant. And it really struck me in terms of how much discomfort there is for a lot of us 
around this alone time. So in the beginning of my journey, not only was it unfamiliar, I didn't know how to, to spend my time, to fill my hours, to essentially separate from other people and to be by myself. And it's so pivotal that one particular day um, where I did just that, um, where I discovered A, how uncomfortable it was, and then B, I began to practice, you know, learning how to fill my time, essentially to be by myself. One of the things I love so much about this podcast and our conversations and really having them with you guys all publicly for those who are watching and listening is just how different Nicole and I are, where our souls are so similar in so many ways. But, you know, while Nicole in her early 20s is freaking out with a handful of hours <laughs> in the afternoon in Florida, not knowing what to do, I'm in my early 20s, you know, at the same time. Well, I was a lot younger when you were in your early 20s. But at the same time, you know, posting on social media about dating myself and taking myself to the movies and all my life, I had always spent that time with myself. So we have such contrasting and I think complementing perspectives in so many ways. And I think they complement each other because oftentimes they are polar opposites. And that's one of the beautiful things is that while we all have a common thread of humanity running through all of us. We are all our own unique individual humans. So I know that there's a lot of my sharing and upbringing and perspectives that so many people resonate with. And I know that there are so many that then resonate more with Nicole. And I think one of the really great things here, and especially hearing your comments and feedback like when you guys are leaving your YouTube comments and sharing what comes up for you, we notice this really dynamic array of everyone's experience, everyone's valid thought and perspective and take on things. Because as we say, you know, while we're talking about what the cocoon stage is, we're speaking about what it is for us. And we're not out here declaring that what we say, you know, is the end all be all. We can only speak for ourselves. I can only speak for Jenna. Nicole can only speak for Nicole. So we use our voices to speak and share to also open up really an opportunity for you guys to share back with us publicly as well so that we can hear from you guys in your experience. I think it's you know important also for me to mention that this experience that I'm sharing, um, I wouldn't have at that time labeled what I was doing as a cocoon phase. I wouldn't even have thought it necessary to create, again, this separation or this space for myself. It, it took me many years before I really began to understand um, how you know connected and reliant I was on other people and to really then become intentional um, with how I'm spending my time or become intentional with making that conscious choice to turn inward and to turn inward just for the sake of turning inward. Because what then followed now that I discover that I can I can fill my hours. I can take myself to a meal. Um, I did that, though I did that only in terms of when it was necessary. Um, I remember, you know, flash forward in time, my first time I traveled on my own. And the first time I traveled on my own was for an event. Um, I traveled up to New York City. I was giving uh, a talk for, for some event up there. And I had an overnight visit. I took the train from Philadelphia. And again, over that trip, I had many hours. I took myself out to many meals. I had this event. I had my time alone, though, again, it was in, this, in the service of this event. I didn't go to New York just because I decided 
I wanted to go to New York. So again, for very many years, while I was capable now of figuring out how I wanted to spend my time, it would be stopping for lunch while I was en route to a to an appointment. It would be traveling for work and doing the alone things while I was there for work, but again, not necessarily for me. And it hasn't been until more recently where I've discovered that I can be intentional with time away. I can take myself. I actually have a, a lake that I visit around here because it just so happens to be called Marguerite Lake. And I can take myself to the lake one day because I want to. A couple of weekends ago, I took myself to Sedona to just be. So again, my cocoon phase emerged in phases. Um, it wasn't necessarily intentional at the beginning until I really understood how conscious I needed to be, how important that space was, and how important it was for me to break out of the habit of doing something only because I thought I had to, to really create space to discover what I wanted in any given moment and to give myself then the permission to turn inward at any time, regardless of what's happening around me or in my relationships. And spending those initial years, you know, on years of a journey of healing, of really looking at yourself, witnessing yourself in doing so, Nicole's also then created a surrounding where she has an environment of people who are going to cheer her on and support her when she goes and takes that time. You going to Sedona, when you go to the lake, anything that Nicole does for herself is the biggest attraction for me and the biggest turn on because she's going inward with herself. She's devoting that love and attention to herself. And that to me is one of the most attractive components in a partner. And whether you have a partner or in our case, we have multiple partners, there's three of us. And even just hearing Nicole speak, this is such a, like a great case study looking mm -hmm. at our partnership because you see both of us here from very different backgrounds. You know, Nicole having that really codependent family always together, always kind of moving in this one blob or one unit. And then you have me over here just kind of <laughs> on my lonesome waving a flag on a hill. And, you know, look where that evolved to. This cocoon stage and that alone time was very confronting for Nicole and very confusing and really fearful because it was so new. Like, oh my God, what do I do? What do you mean I have hours to myself? And then you have me over here who was really raised so independently of anyone and kind of on my own. And that's my comfort zone. That connection and intentional time with me is safety to me. The opposite of that safety to me where the discomfort comes into me is being in connection then, being in a home, being in partnership. So for anyone who tuned into last week's episode, I think it was 42, episode 42 called um, Is Shame Holding You Back? We just had a really raw conversation. Um, and specifically, I mentioned in there how the last couple of weeks had you know, felt turbulent. Or for us personally, there had been a lot happening over here. And I had been taking a lot of space to myself to just focus on me and you can now see why for someone like Nicole or that avatar from that background, that was the most triggering thing for Nicole because my cocoon phase while I'm over here, you know, loving it, cozying up, getting all creative, doing Jenna for Nicole, that was, that was really difficult. That was pulling away and ripping away. And it, 
it meant losing someone or it felt fearful for her. So it's really, I think this awareness too, for those of you who are in partnerships or just in any kind of relationship, not even romantic partnerships, but when you look at the people around you, once you get clear on yourself first and your own cocoon stage or phase, that's always first priority. But And once you can do that, only then can you really sort of zoom out and then survey the people around you. And you can really start to understand each other a lot more and communicate a lot more and work together a lot more when you realize and actually expect that the people around you are not going to be the same as you. They are, in fact, from their own journey, from their own background, with their own unique set of habits and patterns. So for those of you who did tune into that episode and to speak to what Jenna's describing here, right, that space, that separation, even though logically, I mean, here I am professing week after week how the most important relationship is with ourself unless we're able to meet our own needs and truly authentically be in our own space, express ourselves, and love ourselves. We can't give that to another person in those moments, right? Where I do sense either because we are all energetic beings who sense distance, even again, if the person is physically present to us or having those moments where the person is choosing not to be physically present to us. For me, the fear that you're describing brings me right back to that, that childhood, that childhood where while, while those people were present to me emotionally to navigate my emotions, especially my big overwhelming ones, I was left, left largely alone. So when my nervous system senses that distance, or again, it's affirmed because the person is gone from my, my visual zone or my relationship space, for me, I might as well be that little child whose mom's not available. And my own then journey in terms of the cocoon phase is learning how to stand in that space and to comfort little Nicole, how to be there with her. Um, she didn't have someone when she was younger, when she needed them, though I have myself now. So for those of you who resonate with me and the difficulty you know, with space, and then sometimes that childish reactivity that comes from that deep wounding, um, my hope is that this offers you some level of understanding that you know it is coming from a likely a fearful place where it might as well be that we're back in childhood, which is why when we are reacting in the way that we are, it does appear childish. So again, when we're talking about the cocoon phase, even entering it, even feeling that pull to need that time and space, even though we might necessarily not give it those direct words or that conscious kind of assessment of I need this, there is a part of, you know, my soul that was needing that, yet that part of me was now at odds in conflict with this other very wounded part of me that, again, was was left alone and does not, did not yet trust and is still developing the self-trust that it actually doesn't matter who's around me or when they're around me. And this doesn't mean that we don't need relationships or to rely on others for support, though. At this point in time, I am developing the trust that I have me. That self-trust of I have me, you having little Nicole's back, uh, me having little Jenna's back has been really the foundation and forefront of our conversations just over here as a family and in partnership where it is a an absolute non-negotiable that I will 
not betray little Jenna anymore. And I can see how I have in very little subconscious ways, you know, to people please or to fawn or want to fix or mend my partner when all that's actually doing, if I really want to be flat with myself and straight with myself, is I'm making them really small. I shared last episode, you know, it was difficult at first to see Nicole upset about something and choose to not run to her side because I knew that I was practicing for myself, being able to soothe myself, being able to care for and look after myself. And as a child growing up in the dysfunction that I did, what I learned to do was to be my parents' parent, to run to them, to be hypervigilant, to assess every situation and kind of be the caretaker and the mom that could mend or fix or soothe it all. Now, in the process of doing that as a child, what I completely abandoned was myself, was little Jenna. So now I'm 35 and that little Jenna didn't just, you know, go and evolve through life and get all the things she needs. No, she's still very much tucked inside of me in many ways, frozen in that time and space of what she didn't get. She didn't get the nurturing and the needs that she needed met in order for her to grow and evolve. And when I wake up to that and realize, oh my gosh, this is, you know, especially following Jake's passing, my brother's passing, it became a real, like, this isn't a joke. When I say this is life or death, it really is. Many of us will continue to live the rest of our lives physically alive, yet spiritually and emotionally, soulfully dead and actually not here. So when I say for me, it was life or death, it became really crystal clear that, you know, I'm not abandoning this little girl anymore. I've watched people walk in and out of her life. And I have been the biggest person that has walked out of her life. I didn't know it as a child, but I do know it now. And when I made that choice for me and I created those boundaries, I also then could see, you know, I'm not going to overhear and like be over here and weep for Nicole crying in a corner, I'm going to realize, you know what? Nicole's an incredibly brilliant, powerful human being. She's got herself. But until she has to reach out and get little Nicole's hand and actually be there for herself, it won't ever happen because subconsciously we, of course, fill ourselves with in, in environments of people and surroundings where we do get the care we need. We do have everything met on a surface level, which is why so many of us then are erupting or exploding at the mailman for something that actually happened 15 years ago in an argument with our parent. And all of that emotion didn't disappear. It didn't go anywhere. It instead got really tucked down in your physical being, in your physiological sensations, actually in the cells of your body. That erupts later. It's still needs to be moved through and processed. And the cocoon phase is really, or stage, whatever you want to call it, is really an opportune time and existence where you're sitting with all of that stuff. And maybe I love it so much and I love like the comfort of it because what I actually genuinely love is the discomfort because I have now grown to consistently and genuinely be able to reframe discomfort as something really empowering. If something is uncomfortable, then there's such a gem or wisdom or teaching for me to really discover and be curious about. 
So acknowledging that that the cocoon phase or stage or, or whatever the language it is that resonates for each of you, really honoring that, again, it's this turning inward to, to rediscover, in a sense, this being that will then just kind of playing the tape forward to what happens next, go out in the world, reemerge, begin to then be from that authentic space in our environments and in our relationships, which of course can pose challenges, can be really uncomfortable. Learning how to maintain that connection to ourselves and to express what we think, what we feel, what we mean, what we need to be who we are then when we're now back in relationship with these probably same people, right, that remember those old dynamics of us that have now created expectations that have been fulfilled year after year, maybe for some of us, decade after decade, now, right, the journey is how can I retain that connection and that self-expression authentically with me while I'm back now in these relationships? How do I learn how to keep or make these new boundaries so that I can create the space that I need to continue to show up within this person or embodying this now new being that I've discovered while I'm in my cocoon phase? And for me, it's really a question of not falling back into very similar to you, Jenna, that people pleasing to just doing and saying and being who I think you need me to be in that moment to feel connected, to feel loved. How do I develop a deeper relationship, more authentic with the people around me that includes me actually inhabiting this new being that I've discovered? How do I, again, to go back in time, learn how to truly connect authentically with someone in a way that I never have, that for those of us, as always, when it's unfamiliar, can really become scared, frightened, can want to just equally run away and back into that cocoon. So when we're in the cocoon, we have challenges. When we're emerging uh, from the cocoon, there are challenges. And again, to speak to the point we started with, this cycle now, it's not one and done as we often like it to be. Oh, cocoon's over. I've reemerged. Here I am. There are always deeper and deeper layers of healing where we can cycle back into the need for space and then the need for integration back into our relationships and then the need for space and integration again because we're evolving, changing, growing creatures. And to that point, whatever this stage or phase is, it's the time frame on that really is non-existent. Mm -hmm. It could be days, hours, weeks. It's however you want to frame it, you could put it in really any bubble of time. But what does that actually look like then? It's just to really condense it down, you'll know if you're in this stage phase, in this cocoon, if you notice yourself wanting to avoid things like small talk, if you notice yourself shifting away from or seeing that the relationships or dynamics around you maybe don't align with your values or beliefs anymore. Maybe someone that, you know, you've been really close with and thought you were one in the same person. Suddenly you're starting to see all of these differences or misalignments in yourself, or you're beginning to question everything that you've been taught. You're beginning to question the career that you're in, the life path that you're in, all of your beliefs, your thoughts. When you become that witness of yourself, you're tapping into your true authentic self, your essence, your soul. When you do that, you start to see sort of the robotic machinery of 
really what we learn to be as human, all of those thoughts, all those beliefs. You know, when you ask someone what their name is, the next thing you ask them is, what do you do for a living? And it's their profession. And we start to assign our identities to the things that we do, to the things that we believe. And when you begin to enter this cocoon phase, you're innately tapped into that inner wisdom, which in turn shows up as being really aware of all of this surface stuff that, you know, has been there your entire life, but maybe you've never noticed before. So while noticing or observing, hmm, maybe I'm in this cocoon phase, sounds like that's where I'm at, then self-care is a really big priority. Self-care always really can give us so much value. I want to say should because it should be priority, though I'm hesitant to tell you anything you should or shouldn't do, though self-care is the greatest gift that you could ever give to yourself to in turn give back to yourself and anyone around you. So things like eating well, sleeping well, being in nature, giving yourself rest. As Nicole said, a lot of what you're doing is integrating. You're integrating this new discovered soul essence into this actual already pre-existing human experience you have. Well, your body is going to be on overdrive. You're going to be really tired. So prioritizing rest is a really big one. For me personally, it's getting really explorative with what I love doing. For some people that might be dancing, drawing, playing music, photography, something creative or art artistic and outward expression. And this really, for anyone listening who, you know, nothing particularly comes to mind about a, a passion or a creative outlet, just think of play, make self-care or make play a big priority component of self-care and give yourself freedom to explore or try on new things and see what you actually do like. Another overarching really objective to keep in mind is your desire to shame yourself and judge yourself through this process. We as humans immediately go to do that because the moment you go to introduce something new, new creates a fear within our bodies. We don't know the outcome of something new. We don't know what's on the other side. So subconsciously, we self-sabotage. We are all such master self-sabotagers because we want to stay in the familiar. If we stay in the familiar, we can predict what's going to happen. So anything new that you're introducing, of course, is going to come with this onslaught of shaming, judging, critiquing. The goal is not to resist it or to even make that onslaught of judging disappear. Instead, take it out of the driver's seat, put it next to you in the passenger seat, or toss it in the back. That voice and that judging is only coming in there as a defense mechanism to protect you. It's not actually there to maliciously hurt you. So if you can refocus and tune into your actual self tune down the volume on the shaming and judgment, refocus on being your own wise, loving parent, as if you are literally raising little you, speaking to little you, and setting up an environment as if you are this four, five, six-year-old self, and you are the one responsible for their care. So the I think one of the major ways that we shame ourselves, especially 
for those of you here listening to myself share my journey, to Jenna share hers, is that tendency to compare, to have this idea that I should I should be in this cocoon phase already. I should know what to do. And to speak to your point, Jenna, when you say about being curious, um, if and any any time we hear that kind of should thought pop up in our minds, we can offer ourselves what I think is a really helpful reframe, which is a reminder that this moment is now an opportunity to explore for yourself. You might not know, you might be in your 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s, some of you might even be later in life discovering yourself anew or beginning the journey. This is a new opportunity, whatever the moment in time is, to begin to explore for yourself. And for some of us, that first choice might be creating that space to build that cocoon around you, might be coming to the awareness that, you know what, I am someone who spends all my time with other people. I actually look to other people to meet my needs, to tell me when I'm hungry, to offer me what to eat, to tell me how to spend free time. This might be the invitation, the opportunity. It's not that you should know or should be doing different. Right here, right now is the moment where you can make a choice to create a bit of space for this exploration, for this journey to turn inward, to wrap yourself in a cocoon, to begin to explore and rediscover who you really are separate from those around you so that when you reemerge, you can actually experience true authentic togetherness where there are differences, there are there is space between us, yet we still are connected into this very, very beautiful whole. And to that point, we are so endlessly grateful for all of you who are taking the time to listen, to comment, um, directing anyone who hasn't taken a look at the YouTube channel for this, the Self Healer Soundboard. Um, this is where we get a lot of comments and engagement. So any, any, anything you want to share about your own cocoon phase, and of course, any ideas, topics of interest, anything you want to hear us talk about in the future. And as always, we appreciate everyone who is subscribing to this podcast, who is writing a review for this podcast, and of course, who is sharing the podcast itself for any episodes that resonate with you, with your loved ones. Um, again, this is how we create the most global, universal experience of togetherness like Jenna was talking about in the beginning. The fact that we can be two separate humans sharing a journey, and I'm actually, as always, getting chills even saying this, and then hear from everyone out there the similarities in our experiences, in these truths that we're all uncovering as we all return home to who we really are. And as we return home, we can only do that through actually having that time. So thank you for highlighting that. And to leave everyone with a takeaway or an action step, it's literally to schedule that time consistently over and over. I'm always telling one of the biggest parts and aspects of self-care that is going to help really your body create the memory of this too is to focus on your nervous system and integrate it into an experience of stillness and calm. And for many of us, when we first enter an environment of stillness and calm and silence, it is the loudest noise that we mm -hmm. could ever have because it's so uncomfortable because we live in such a busy, ongoing, dynamic, loud world. So to take away from this schedule time on a calendar, do it now, pick 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just begin being in stillness or in silence with yourself and start to develop and introduce that relationship of 
you, human you, actually being with yourself, actually hanging out and being with little you. Maybe for some of you, it will be for the very first time. So we'd also love for anyone who does take us up on that and, mm -hmm. and does carve out that time. I'd love to hear what your experience is. Um, and as always, we appreciate your presence and our conversation and connectedness and look forward to being with you again next week.